To see where Dubai takes you now, visit DubaiPresents.com. Uh, no time for a cold open today. Welcome to the Jim Ed Show here on K360 Radio. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are, leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Hey, what's going on, J360 Legion? How's it going? This is the J-Man, of course. And in case you didn't hear me over there mumbling, I was reading the Deadline article about the whole Spider-Man and Sony and Marvel debacle right now. He's torn in between, two. If you've ever read any of the classic comics, there's a cover out there where it's the black suit and the red suit, and they're tugging Peter Parker in between them. If you can just imagine Sony on the right no, 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 Sony on the left and Marvel on the right. It's amazing to see, like, which where you want. Because, see, the fans, you can use the black suit to represent pretty much that Sony is the evil corporation trying to pull Spider-Man back. Yet they have had the TV and movie rights to him for how many years now? Well, well over a decade, right? And then, of course, you look over at, um, <laughs> you look at Marvel. Marvel knows, see, Iron Man's dead. <laughs> Okay, spoiler, spoiler, it's not even a spoiler anymore. You all had time to see this movie, but Iron Man's dead. So we kind of need somebody for that sure bet to bring people in. And Cap's not around anymore, and some of y'all are still not sold on the idea of Falcon being the new Cat in America, which will be resolved in the Disney Plus uh, miniseries, but still at the same time, you know, you're still not sold on that idea. Even if new SJW Marvel has covered that aspect for a while now. Yeah, you see, Spider-Man, more or less, is the mascot of Marvel. He's the relatable superhero. He's the heart of every team he's on. He is pretty much the best representation of all of us when we started loving Marvel. And you see Captain Marvel herself, even though they try to push her around as this giant feminist icon, and even though certain people adore that character, you know, there's chances are that character annoys and alienates some people, even more so due to the actress who portrays her and the way she is in real life. Whereas the Captain Marvel character, you know, she might not be so might not be so bad. Of course, there are some real screwed up storylines with her. And I'm not including the part that everyone knows when Rogue took her powers and became, you know, real strong Rogue, not necessarily, you know, Rogue herself, as she's represented in some of the X-Men movies. So right now you're seeing pretty much our enjoyment. Our enjoyment is kind of ruined right now due to executive meddling and all about the cold hard cash. Now, considering certain aspects, it's, it's kind of cool to see Sony say no to Disney. Because Disney was buying up everything there for a while, you know what I'm saying? It's like that pulsating blob that keeps getting bigger all the time. It's like, this time you just saw, like, the Sony logo grow arms and punch Mickey right in the balls. You know what I'm saying? no. And then walked out and had Spider-Man come along. You know what I'm saying? Right now you got that kind of dispute going on. 
but still it's it's like hmm i'm i'm wondering you know okay cuz hey at least you can have spider-man versus venom happening a lot quicker but is it going to be the same spider-man though is tom holland coming back or is like Who's going to direct this now? Or is it going to be darker and edgier? Are they going to kill him off and replace him with Miles? Sometimes, as a comic fan, I have too many questions for this. And then it feels like sometimes, you know, you're not going to get the right answers that you're looking forward to. And you see me, I've, I've been a Spider-Man fan all my life. I love the character. I love everything about him. I don't really give a... I don't really give a damn what all these other modern comic book artists and writers have been doing with him lately. I mean, some have either been trying to turn him gay, or some have been trying to kill him, or some are just making him woefully inept at his job, or they look at how skinny he is, and they're like, you know, he's not able to pick up cars over his head and all that stuff. He's kind of a weaker superhero. I remember when Spider-Man was tough, could go ahead and do his own adventures, and while at the same time the Spider-Verse thing did come true, it's like this, you know, he represented an idea, with great power comes great responsibility, and you know, he pretty much does what he can at his frame in time, especially when sometimes it happens in the street, he's like a street level superhero to a point, but he's gone on multiple different kinds of adventures where you're like, gee, how's Spider-Man going to help out Silver Surfer, or how's he going to be an asset to helping out Doctor Strange, and it turns out he can be. You know, check out Marvel Team Up. Or actually just go back in time and read some of the old stories because they are great. But you see, you got to understand with longevity of a character, you know, you don't want him to be too antiquated to the point where, you know, he hasn't moved forward in certain things. I mean, I understand modern time, modern problems. How can you make this character relatable? You have to reboot the comic series every so often and put him in that same scenario, which is why Ultimate Spider-Man is pretty cool. I don't have too much of a problem with Ultimate Spider-Man other than the fact that people kept unmasking him. And he did not know how to use his spider sense properly. He didn't learn how to use that until, like, in, what, maybe the second run of the graphic novel, I want to say. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. I can always, you know, because I'm allowed to be wrong, and I don't mind hearing from other Spider-Man fans about this. It's kind of, but it's really a... uh, how can I put it? See, I'm trying not to curse, guys. I'm trying to go back into my traditional mode, even though at the same time it's debatable which J-Man you like, the foul mouth one from the first season or the one that is sophisticated yet still dangerous. And you see, when it gets right down to it, 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 it's an insult to those that are younger than me. You see, I've had my Spider-Man movies. To this day, no matter what you say about Tobey Maguire, My favorites will always be Spider-Man 1 and 2. I just love the aspect of the character. Now, granted, they couldn't stick the landing for the third one. There was too much going on. Uh, They were trying to make Sandman bigger than what he was. I think they could have used better if they went with Vulture or maybe Mysterio for that movie. I really do. I think it was just one of those lost kind of causes. Whereas with Venom, Venom shouldn't have been in the movie at all. Venom should have been in Spider-Man 4. And the black suit should have helped out Spider-Man throughout... Spider-Man 3, and then later on became more of a threat to him. You know what I mean? That's how you tie that stuff in. And then when you get to Carnage, hey, there, there's a basis for Spider-Man 5 or 6 maybe. But no, 6, that could work with maybe the Sinister 6, if possible. But you see, the thing about all those characters are you have to build them up to get to that point. Kind of like what the MCU did right with the whole Infinity War saga. I'm glad Spidey got to be involved in that, because that at least was comic accurate. But there's quite a lot of things that were left out due to licensing. And remember, like I've said when I started this show way back when, 
licensing can be such a hindrance sometimes. And sometimes you don't even know if you're tripping over licensing. Unless you're like a big company like Disney. And see, the thing about Disney was, apparently they weren't making enough money even though they are making enough money. And you see, with Spider-Man franchise... Sony, that is Sony's biggest franchise right now, <laughs> you know, because what else have they done that has even grossed some of that billion dollar marking that Spider-Man has? Because for a while there, they were thinking about pulling him out of the MCU anyway. This whole thing was pretty much on soft ground. So at best, they were looking to pull him back for different reasons to pull him back. Because they're not willing to give up that money train. They still got to keep going. And considering all the Spider-Man fans out there, including myself, <laughs> shoot, they locked in. I sit there and think this. As long as this doesn't interrupt the next Spider-Man game from coming out, because that Spider-Man game that came out on PS4 was class, man. I, I loved it. Even if they changed liberties with the lore, even if they move things around, and you're like, you know, that didn't really happen. But then you're like, yeah, this was good. And it's lined up for a second one. I don't want to see that story arc fading away anytime soon. And if I pick up Spider-Geddon, it doesn't have to. But I'm just still sitting here waiting for that new game to come out. And chances are, you never know. They'll probably bundle it with PlayStation 5. But I always look and, I, and, and I'm just like, you know, this, this comes as a wreckage to those that are younger than me. Because, see, once again, have you noticed that a lot of people in the generation younger than us have more abortic arcs than anything when it comes to certain movies, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They got one and two, but they don't have that aforementioned third one. Uh, same thing with the Transformers verse. There was a second trilogy. Allegedly, that's still being made, but then at the same time, they're looking to go into a different direction to reboot the whole series in general. And then you got like certain other movies that will never get a sequel to see the light of day. Like To this day, some of us are still waiting on New Mutants. I wrote it off. I'm sure one way or another, it'll come out, but chances are, uh, much like anything else, I'll just be too old to care. You know? And, and it's kind of the same thing with anything in the X-Men-verse, which, by the way, Disney now has the rights to. Now, in this article for Deadline, they have also said that he has so many things to work with. But you see, here's the thing about Feige. Feige really likes Spider-Man. He was a Spider-Man fan, too. Matter of fact, didn't he work on some of those things with Sony back in the day? And this is before he became what people put him on a pedestal to be. Which, by the way, I've told you all many times. Don't put people on pedestals. I mean, it's okay to admire the work and it's okay to see where they went. But here's the thing. If you start putting and basing your life around somebody like that, you know, see the thing is... You see them as a hero where they're always perfect and everything else. It's kind of like that first girl you like. Yeah, she's perfect and wholesome and everything. But then you get to know that person. And chances are that person is not wholesome. Is a giant a-hole more so than anybody else you know of. And all sorts of idealism you had in your mind, gone. Poof. Not there anymore. Because you saw the reality of things. And see, once you see the reality of things, you see that at the end of the day, this is all a business, this is all making more money, this is all about, not your enjoyment, but how much they can use to blow off for either coke, golfing, or any sort of other leisure activity that you and I of the regular class would get arrested for, and where they would just be like, you know what, spend doctor this, I, I, I gotta look good for the camera. You see what I'm saying? And I, I just feel sorry for those younger kids because they like this new Spider-Man. Remember, like, the big blitz for Spider-Man Homecoming? 
that was huge and it made its money and it, it was it was like a step in the right direction for where we needed to go and then you saw spider-man far from home where they took him out of new york you know to give us all a breather it was like a breather episode and that was awesome too. And they got the right kid to play as Spider-Man. Now the only gripes that I have with that is, is that people know who he is. <laughs> yeah, once again, you know. But people are gonna tell me, "Dude, it happened in the comics." You know what? Just because it happened in the comics doesn't mean it has to happen every time this character gets a movie. All right? Sometimes it's better that certain villains don't know who this character is. They don't all have to have that leverage on him. That's what made Green Goblin and and Venom special at one time. Because they knew who he was. They could go to his house and totally wreck stuff up. And they have. Multiple times. And I'm not just talking one Green Goblin. I'm talking all of them. Because Green Goblin at one time was a legacy character. Then Venom became a legacy character. And then merged back with Eddie. Of course, there's a story going on now called Absolute Carnage. But a lot of people don't read comics like that, so, you know, we'll skip that argument. Yet you all will tell me what happened and what didn't happen. I remember a friend of mine telling me why Spider-Man started unmasking a lot. And a lot of that had to do with the uh, big event in Civil War, the comic version. And I'm like, yeah. And see, the problem with that comic was, is that, yeah, it it deconstructed a lot of things. But at the same time, it got to the point where it wasn't even special anymore. You see what I'm saying? And I could go ahead and make a whole another episode about Spider-Man and comics, and I probably will. But you see, for me, that was alright, and then came Back in Black, and then after Back in Black, they didn't know what to do. So, you know, Dan Slott and his creative box of doing things decided to do Brand New Day, where they dissolved the marriage of, you know, working with Mephesto, of all people, I guess because how wholesome the Parkers were and love of everything. But you see, the thing is, there was a monkey wrench in the plan, too. And it, it kind of worked, but still, it was a very sloppy story to do because they did not know where to go. And then everybody knows his identity and stuff. I mean, it was a darker story, but they just didn't know where to go with it. So they reset it. And then and then along came uh, Superior Spider-Man, which was okay. See, I'm going to be real with y'all, as I always am. I didn't like Dan Slott's work on the Spider-Man comics. Matter of fact... I mean, I'm sure he he's, right now he's on Iron Man, and he's doing an interesting job with that title, but like I said before, I, I just didn't care for him. I'm not going to go on his Twitter page and say, hey man, you suck, and you completely destroyed Spider-Man. Not going to do that. I just did it on this show as a end joke, but the truth is, that's how I felt about it for a while, but then I started reading Superior Spider-Man, and you know, I saw that he was trying. So I can give him a little bit of uh, a little... How you say, uh, how can I put it, um, see, it's, it's kind of hard because I don't really like him, uh, <laughs> you see what I'm saying, I can give him benefit of the doubt on that one, you know what I mean, no, you know, it's just the way you do that kind of stuff, see, that's why I don't put people on pedestals like that, but, you know, going back into the movie scenario things, I mean, we've had a lot of great stuff that was started, like, you know, even Spider-Man Web of Shadows on, uh, I got it for the Xbox. I wish I got it for PS3, but I got it for Xbox. And I was playing that a few days ago. I'm glad it didn't follow the brand new day storyline. It was his own storyline, and it kind of dealt with a symbiote outbreak. And I thought that was great, too. It was lined up for a sequel. We never got it. Uh, Spider-Man Dimensions. We never got the sequel to that. I, or you could say Edge of Time, maybe. 
But there was quite a lot of things that were left unfinished in that franchise due to something not selling well, licensing woes, and the fact that Beanox as a developer kind of sucks. Little things like that. It's just so many things going on. But you look over at Sony and then you see who's in charge of Sony, such as Tom Rothman. Nobody likes Tom Rothman. Nobody liked him at his last job. And then as soon as he found out the vacuum over at Sony Pictures was open, guess who slithered their way on in there? Old Tom Rothman. And you see, <laughs> allegedly, with him and the dream team of Avia Red and Amy Pascal, who is not in the executive producer seat, but here's the thing, she still has some sort of control stake. She was moving on to somewhere else, but now she's slowly coming back. So you see two of the other people that want to destroy Spider-Man, other than a, and a, along with a person that really sees nothing but dollar signs. Oh, yeah. Of course they were going to pull him back. And then, of course, you look at the other characters, the 900 other characters that were part of Spider-Man's mythology, and you see that Sony is making movies on them. And then you look at the Venom movie, which, by the way, there were some people that said that, Oh, we blame those that actually went to go see Venom for, for Sony actually having confidence of taking this character away, and yada, yada, yada. Once again, do you not know how many Venom fans are out there? Including myself. For a long time there, I liked Venom a little bit more than Green Goblin, until I really understand why Norman did what he did. But you see, here's the thing. People were going to go see that movie anyway. It didn't matter. It was Venom on screen again. I mean, granted, we didn't get the spider symbol on him and all that kind of stuff. And it was pretty much a watered-down version of the Life Foundation story arc from Lethal Protector. If you read that, you'll see that things made some sense. It's just that the characterization of certain symbiotes didn't happen. And whereas it was like Venom and Eddie on their first day. So, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt with that. Especially any movie made outside of the whole MCU canon. But you see, the best part of things outside of MCU, you don't have that umbrella over you, so you can kind of get away with certain things and do whatever you want to do, which is why there's a lot of X-Men fans that are very scared about the Deadpool franchise being over at Disney right now. But going back into the Venom movie, the Venom movie's not your problem. The Venom movie was a sleeper hit. It made money because people like that character. No matter what you thought about the construct of the movie, or the growth of the movie, or how paper-thin the story was... It made money because the character was on screen again. It's the same thing about Deadpool. You know, Deadpool didn't make money because of the plot. Deadpool made money because everybody loves Deadpool and wanted to see Deadpool on screen. The real Deadpool. And played by the guy who pretty much is personified as Deadpool. Same way we all went to go see Iron Man. And while we're on the subject... Spider-Man is the mascot of Marvel. That's why this is such a big deal. Not Iron Man. That didn't happen until 2008 when the movie came out and everybody was like, Oh my God, how could we ignore this B-level character for so long? And then after that and all the money it made, pushed Tony Stark up to the gate and that's why he's at the center point of any Marvel property right now. And you always think of Robert Downey Jr. anyway. You don't think of how, you know, Tony Stark was written way back in the day. And I and I dare a lot of you to actually go back and read some of those Iron Man comics. And try to think if, oh yeah, Robert Downey Jr. wasn't a part of this, would you see him on the same level? Probably not. See what I'm saying? But you see, he's done being Iron Man. That character's not there anymore. And the same thing about Cap. He's done being Cap. Only thing you got right now with a face is Thor, and then after a while, he's going to be unworthy. He's, he'll probably become 
something else after a while, but it's not going to be him holding Mirner anymore. It's going to be uh, Natalie Portman, who came back under different circumstances, and we can argue about that. But you see, regarding Spider-Man, though, Spider-Man was licensed and was partnered up. And you see, that's because they didn't do so hot with their own franchises and stuff. See, the thing about the Sony machine was they had a lot of ideas and they did not know how to go about them. And they were also willing to throw that crap out there towards us, too. Where I remember a Sinister Six movie with no Spider-Man in it. What is the point of that movie, then? There isn't even a master planner or a Doc Ock to pull them all together. Yeah, you all got beat down by Spider-Man. Here's how we're all going to get our revenge on him. And here's the beautiful part. The members of that group right now don't know who the master planner is, but the master planner knows all of them. And then later on, you see it was Doc Ock who survived their latest encounter years ago, even though he was thought lost. That is a way of working that story. But you see, they didn't want to work with that story. And then, to make matters even crazier, they were going to push the third Amazing Spider-Man movie back a couple of years. Because if they don't make one by, what, every three years, it goes back to Disney. And I'm sure Disney's probably banking on that. Probably. I wouldn't wouldn't put it past them, because they're banking on a lot of things. But... It does not surprise me that this has happened because of executives and everybody, you know, don't want to share once that billion dollars come in because everybody wants that one billion dollars million millions. There is no million spots anymore. You know, five hundred million dollars, even though that's a lot of money to maybe me, you and everybody else out here who has to work a nine to five in addition to try to build up, uh, you know, ad space and everything else so that we can have our own brands and our own businesses and everything. So that we can play big league ball like that. You know, that's a lot of money to us. That's good seed money. Whereas to these people and conglomerates alike, that's pretty much just a drop in the hat. That's chump change. I got to split it with everybody below my top level. So at the end of the day, no, 500 million is not good for me and 500 million is not good for you. So don't even try to push in on this. You already have merchandising rights. What more do you want? I mean, after all, we made Spider-Man. And then that's where Disney Marvel laughs. But at the same time, you see where the argument is. They made Spider-Man. They just licensed them out over there to Sony. And Sony's like, well, you know, since we started these rights and we're making a lot of money from it, we ain't giving it up. So, um, mm. so you see where that is. It's pretty much like they're just sitting there arguing. Soon enough, though, as, as it's going over not so well with a lot of us, out there, and I'm talking to us as Spider-Man fans, if we choose not to go to the next Spider-Man movies, I guarantee they'll probably be like, hmm, you know what, uh, Mickey, uh, is that you? Put Mickey on the line. You see, Mickey, uh, we, we were a little overzealous. We, we, we thought we could do more without you, and, uh, we, we, we want to work together. Is, is that, is, is, is that all right? What, 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 what do you mean, kiss your glove? See, little things like that. And plus, they know us as comic fans, we're going to go see these movies. Of course, though, it's kind of kind of debatable with me. Because, see, here's, here's the thing, right? Yeah, I know, in a way, it's like making it about myself. But, you see, here's the thing. This is my show, and you're going to have to deal with it. Uh, <laughs> um, to be honest with you, I kind of had my fill of superhero movies. 
I mean, at least I still got Black Panther. At least I still got Fantastic Four. Hopefully, they'll do it. It says a lot if the home company can't do them right. Uh, I still got an X-Men to look forward to. I still got... Hmm, who else? Who else? Who knows? They might do one of Conan, too, right? Isn't Conan back in the fold? The the point is, is like, yeah, there are reasons for me to still care about the MCU. But at the same time, you take my favorite superhero out of the loop, and I feel a hole in my soul right now for it. And it's at that point where I don't want to give now one of them money. You know what I'm saying? Because, see, it, they left it off at such a high note of Far From Home. And then I sit there for a while, and I'm like... You know, we, we, we could do better from this. Um, where do we go? The stakes are higher. But now you do something like this. Is this another abortic arc? Are you going to now go with uh, any sort of different incarnation? I mean, we already know they're going to do Into the Spider-Verse 2, which at the same time, Into the Spider-Verse 1 was so good. It's like, you know, I know what I said earlier about not going to the movies, but that'd be the only way to get them to actually to do right by us if we don't invest in that machine anymore. But I want to see into the Spider-Verse, too, because I like what they're doing with Miles' story. And here is another thing, right? If they wanted to go ahead and push that a little bit more, why not a live-action Miles Morales? You know what I'm saying? It would have been interesting. They still would have had a Spider-Man there. I mean, there ain't nobody else saying that they couldn't. Right? I mean, that's one of those debatable kind of moments. But, you know... It's it's odd to me. But you see, that's the thing about these film franchises. Like, I said I kind of had my fill of them. Because, you know, I've seen The Boys not too long ago. Great dis- great deconstruction show. I like how they're just beating the crap out of those supers. I mean, in a way, I kind of see myself in Billy Butcher's shoe. I, I, I damn sure don't see myself in Huey's shoes. Even though I kind of understand why he's there. You know, audience surrogate. But still, it's like, when, when I look at this kind of stuff, when I see these superhero mediums and stuff, I also think that we're kind of in a hole, and we need more different IPs to look forward to. I'm starting to work on a few, get them out there a little bit. And then while I'm at this, I'm just trying to work on some other stuff. Because, you know, I need some variety in this world. Even though at the same time, you might look at it and say, Hey, this is based on, hey, you know, you're inspired by, you know, it's like, yeah. I'm an independent creator, just like any other creator. The thing is, is to give you something new and give you something that's a lot more wholesome than you expected and make things fresh. It seems like we all need a giant refresh button nowadays. And as I said before, I've already had my Spider-Man movies. I've already had them. They were great. Some were very disgusting, looking over at Amazing Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3. And some were great. Like, the first two Spider-Mans, and, um, Spider-Man, uh, what was the other one? No, 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 don't tell me, don't tell me. It's the one that nobody really talks about, even though it was really good. That should have been Spider-Man 3. The one where he took on the lizard. Amazing Spider-Man 1. Horrible suit, but still, like, all that action and everything happened in there. That should have been Spider-Man 3. I mean, come on, it was all right there in the pudding, man. Damn. Oh, well. So, uh, where do we go from here? Well, we just have to wait and see, right? Those of you out there probably will. I mean, I know the Nerd Rage podcast is waiting to see what happens. I'm sure the Wafflecast touched base on it in their latest one. And then Jay and Silent Eric. I hope they come back with another episode because those two are pretty awesome at what they do. I wonder what they have to say. One day, I'm just going to have to open a panel and invite all these people in. And, of course, check out Cult 45 Podcast, Home Video Hustle, Epic Film Guys, The Countdown Pod, 
in session film. Gee, Lord, we got so many people in this family now. The list is growing all the time. But, you know, I'm just I'm just hoping for, you know, like, you know, I'm just hoping that they go ahead and resolve this stuff because they realize one way or another they're alienating the fans. And you see, when you alienate the fans, you lose your profit margin. We're there. We're the ones that help make you big. It's kind of the same way when you look at, like, as you grow as a content creator, never piss off your day ones. These are the ones that believed in you. These were the ones that were like, you know what? You're hungry for it. I'm going to help you out the whole time. And I'll never stop being a Spider-Man fan. And I'll never stop being a Marvel fan in general. And the same thing goes with DC. I'm just glad I didn't shell into the DC universe because, you see, uh, they had so many, there was so much promise with it. But I also knew that AT&T was creeping in with Warner Media to buy them. And you know what? I don't like my investments in limbo. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not going to deal with that mess. See what I'm saying? But, you know, like, I was thinking about doing a comic series at one time for you all. But, hey, I can do all that stuff here, right? And I figure this. As I'm still working on J360 TV from here to there. And if I ever need to take, like, a little hiatus from this show, maybe I could do that for you all. Because, you know, the comic industry is in a very weird state of flux. Filmmaking is in a weird, weird state of flux. It seems like TV is stable, but TV has its, its transitional period going on, too. It's only everything that's involved in media. Mainstream media, that the media that is out there that is in our face every day. There's always something something with it. And it's, and it's not something that's really beneficial to everybody. So, anyway, that's just something for me to look into next episode. Oh, by the way, I was on Netflix not too long ago. And I was taking a look at Marlon Wayans. It's good to see that he's still getting work. Now, I don't know if his sitcom is still on. I I thought it was kind of okay. But you see, Marlon's that one that likes to push and, and, and just do edgy stuff. So, it's amazing that he was able to get another sitcom after the Wayans Brothers. But you see, like, um, he's made some Netflix movies, too. After uh, A Haunted House 1 and 2, I, I love the first one. The first one is just awesome. I watch that every time around this season. But I don't really care for the second one. You know what I mean? It's just too much going on there. And, and there was no real resolution like anything. And before you say, like, did the first one have one? Yeah, to a point. It did. It was funnier. And it was cohesive. Whereas the second one was more like anything goes. And it was annoying. Even though he had, you know... Gabriel Iglesias in there as a his sidekick for a little bit. I was like, okay. But then he killed off Cedric the Entertainer, who was awesome as Father Doug. Hated that movie. But you see, he's also made movies for Netflix, kind of like uh, Adam Sandler. When his career was in the tank in mainstream media to a point, oh, you know, he managed to get that deal and started working with people. It's like Netflix will actually work with you to be the rebound. You know what I mean? because <laughs> you can go ahead and look and see they made a deal with the Game of Thrones writers who was pretty much on everybody's S list because of season 8 so it's it's amazing to see what goes down with that it's because everybody's like Netflix you canceling all my favorite shows and you working with people I don't like I don't know if I should continue my subscription or not oh you dare raise up your prices uh, we done we done Netflix we done and keep in mind, while somebody's saying that stuff, they're going to find a way to abuse the system because that's what people do. I'm not going to say it here because I ain't no snitch. 
But <laughs> when, you, when you really look at it, though, it's amazing how Netflix will work with you. And it doesn't matter how subpar the material is, is the fact that everybody sees it. Because he just worked on this one called Sextuplets, where it was uh, pretty much him doing the Nutty Professor route, where he's dressed up as different characters, wearing fat suits, uh, looking old or being digitized. He even put like one character in there to remind me of his movie Little Man, where it was like he was he's got he plays as one of the brothers that is actually uh, deformed as looking like infantile when he should be grown man size. There's a disease name for it, but I'm not gonna look it up. Uh, Six Tuplets was, um, I, I gotta say this, I saw it, it was dumb as hell, <laughs> and it was cringy in spots, but then again, you know, that's kind of Marlon Wayne's thing after a while, you know, he's no different than his brother Keenan when it comes to that physical comedy, so it, it, it works, you know, like, for his, for his take, the problem is the movie's not for everybody, and if you watch it back to back with his other one where he was stuck in the Groundhog's Day loop called Naked, Naked was more of a better was a better movie because it was a romantic comedy and it makes you think that hey if you're not taking life seriously and you're not doing what you need to do to try to be a respectable husband to your spouse there's no point for you to get married and you know it, it worked for that movie whereas with Sextuplets it was more or less like you know what is family what is unity I mean the man was adopted from the home and didn't know that he had these five other siblings. You know, so he goes on a journey to find them because he wants to find his family. And he's about to become a family man himself, so he's just learning the nature of family. But it's in a wild, crazy way, and it's not on everybody's cup of tea, because I see it sitting there right now with 20% of people, you know, liking it. And then you look over at the 80% that probably don't even understand or see that they're just tired of this form of comedy. And sometimes that biasness just shows. And it just makes you wonder, like, what is comedy for people nowadays? It's objective, but people don't really like the matter you sell. So what can you do as a comedian at that point? And see, I'm not a real comedian. Now, I can sling them now, and I can take them. But the thing about it is, is that I've never seen myself as a comedian. So maybe that's just something not to ask S. Anthony Thomas or uh, Joe Moffat sometime, and maybe even uh, maybe even B. Rob. Maybe I'll ask him about that. But that's enough on the J Man Show for right now. I would like to say this though: if you are in the mood, like this is this is late night. It's more of a late night comedy thing. Why don't you just go watch it sometime? Sex Tuplets with Marlon Wayans, and then hey, watch Naked with Marlon Wayans, and. I don't know whether I said that on that way to make you all think that we're going to watch Marlon Wayne's Naked. No, you're not. But it, that's just the name of his movie, all right? Seriously. Good Lord. If anything, if I was going to tell you about somebody being naked, it might as well be myself. Anyway, that's enough of the J-Man Show for today. We'll be back with episode 114 next week. And, you know, I'm glad you all have been helping me out and everything else. Actually, before we go. We're doing some R&D for J360 Radio because we're not leaving J360 Radio behind. We want to know, what do you use in order to listen to podcasts? Because I know a lot of you all listen on your mobile phones, but we're wondering what sort of um, software do you listen to it on? Do you listen to it on Android or do you listen to it on iOS? Because what we're trying to do is we're trying to build an app so you can enjoy our programming on the various ones. And what they're allowing us to do is either iOS or Android, so... You know, we want to see what that R&D is, and we want to see what it's all about. <laughs> like, how many of y'all do this? We're not trying to alienate everybody. This is more of a 
pilot program for us. So, you know, just let us know sometime. Send us an email, j360productions at outlook.com. Or, you know, hit us up on the hotline. That would be 240-903-1634. Other than that, though, this is the J-Man signing off. You all take it easy. Check out some of those podcast names I dropped because those guys are pretty funny. And until then, you take it easy, all right? Peace. Peace.